0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This is episode 50, which is hard to believe. That's really cool that we've gotten this far and uh, we plan to do a whole bunch more. But thank you everybody for listening and helping us get to this point. Uh, This episode we have, um, this one's about Everesting because this crazy record just continues to tumble. So the Everesting challenge is to find a single hill and go up and down it until you've reached the elevation gain of... Mount Everest, which is twenty nine thousand twenty nine feet, and uh, this this existed pre COVID, but since COVID, it's really exploded because it's a challenge that you can take on yourself or with very minimal support, and uh, it, it's just been something that has completely captivated Tyler and I. So we've been following along with it, and it has been most recently broken by an American rider named sean gardner who we have on at the end of the show here for a brief interview about his attempt and uh and record setting ride which he actually broke the seven hour mark which is totally incredible if somebody told us that uh in the early spring that that would be happening by fall i'm not sure we would have believed that but, but pretty amazing epic ride so congratulations to sean gardner for doing so Uh, And and thank you, Sean, for spending a little bit of time with us. So we get into a little bit about what Everesting is and some of the records surrounding it and the rules. uh, And then we have a brief chat with Sean. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, We had not the greatest connection ever with Sean. So there's a couple of little delays um, in his audio, but bear with it. It's really good content and a very cool guy. And we really appreciate him spending some time with us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, we really appreciate it. You're why we're able to do what we do. If you're able to support the podcast by word of mouth or social media or or any way that you can help us spread the word about it, that is the best ways for podcasts to grow. And uh, we really appreciate your efforts in doing so. We will be back with another episode very soon. On to Everesting and Sean Gardner. Okay, we're going to talk about this, this crazy Everesting record that keeps dropping. So some really cool background on this whole activity the first ever described attempt at everesting was by george mallory the grandson of of the george mallory who disappeared on mount everest in 1924 so he did that uh in 1994 so this is before it was really even a thing but he just thought it would be cool and he did it on his bike sort of in honor of his of his grandfather, who's the first person to ascend the Everest, but not descend it. Right. 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 So that's how that started since then. Um, it's, it became a thing in cycling and that I was aware of, but really since the pandemic started is when it's really exploded. Um, and, and so there's definitely some rules surrounding how it's supposed to work. You have to do it on one hill. So you, for it to be an official, um, an official result or record or or even a attempt it needs to be on a single hill and you just keep going up and down it It has to be on the same hill that's basically how it works it can be anywhere you want though so within that there's a whole bunch of strategy pertaining to like you know steepness right so you you want a steep hill but something that you can continue to get up you don't want a whole bunch of twists and turns on the descent, especially if you're looking to set a record because you lose a whole bunch of time there. Um, really, really interesting. So just to, just to give you a sense of how some of these times have dropped uh, this year, I'm looking at it right now, um, I think it really started heating up when Phil Guyman did it in May. He did it in 7 hours 52. At the time, that sounded crazy. It did. (laughs) He he did did that um, in L.A. on an 11.1 percent grade and he covered 156 kilometers to do so. And that also sounded really short to me at the time, because when I started to think about how long it would take me to do on some hills around me, I was like well over 200 kilometers. So then I was like, oh, yeah, you got to do something steep. Uh, yep. then, yep. then like just a few days later, Keegan Swenson broke his record by 12 minutes. He did it in seven right. hours, 40. And ac- I, yeah. actually <clears throat> we were talking to Marty Jameson that day. Right. That's right. That? He
1: was support him. Yeah. He was going to support him. Yep. yep. So yep. he went
0: out to support him. He did. So Keegan did it on Pine Canyon road in park city, Utah. He did it on a 10.6% grade covered 170 K. So he did a little more distance on a slightly less steep hill uh than that's
1: a significant altitude which uh, yeah i don't know if that helped him
0: um but so so he he broke it by 12 minutes which seemed significant then um lachlan morton did it in seven hours 29 so he took another 11 minutes out of it on an 11.1 percent grade 155k yeah
1: yeah but hats off to him uh because you know he had to do it twice because the first time he did it, he broke the record but it was
0: that's right that's that's right and and what happened was it
1: he had i can't remember exactly but you know he didn't say much and sure enough he recovered and then went out and just did it again yeah which is a I thought that was pretty
0: cool. Very cool. I think he had like yeah. one one few too many laps or something like that because, because of the way his uh, uh, GPS was recording it, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember.
1: I don't remember. And, I re- and then I think some German kid set the record. I'm not sure when, but then sure enough, like he didn't do the same climb the whole time. He did one pass before and then descended and did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was um yeah. like he finished the ride at the top, but you're supposed uh, to you have a can- descent you buck i don't know yeah it was something like that yeah 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 really strong climber but um you know that was unfortunate but yeah you know you gotta um they have their roles up down up down same climb so um, totally i mean what happened after lachlan
0: it's a very eccentric challenge for sure but that's part of what makes it cool so then after lachlan about two and a half weeks later uh, July 7th of this year, Alberta Contador, very well-known okay. name in, yeah. in the world of cycling, broke it by like a minute and a half, not a lot, seven seven hours, 27 minutes, 20 seconds. He did that in Spain on a 12.9% grade. I mean, he's one of the best climbers of all time, so it's not completely insane to think that he was able to do that. I was
1: surprised though, because you know he's he's been retired for I don't know how long, but yeah,
0: good for him. Thirty-seven years old, still loves to ride his bike, which is pretty cool. Definitely, Um, yeah. And for comparison's sake, I mean, like Keegan and Lachlan are both in their mid twenties, right?
1: Yeah, in the middle of their pro careers, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Contador breaks it, and then three weeks after that, this is where it really tumbled. Ronan McLaughlin of Ireland does it in seven. Hours, four minutes, 41 seconds.
1: So, like 25 minutes faster?
0: To, uh, 20, 23 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At age yeah. 33, on a 14.2% grade. So, we only had to cover 123 kilometers. That is getting really steep.
1: Yeah. Really
0: <laughs> steep. Uh, oh. And then we have a conversation coming up with this guy, Sean Gardner of the United States, at 26 years old. On a 15.5% grade, covering only 116 kilometers, did it in six hours, 59 minutes, 38 seconds on Tanner Ridge Road in Stanley, Virginia, United States uh, on October 3rd. So last week.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, 22 seconds under seven hours. That's amazing. Totally. I was surprised when Phil broke eight hours, you know, so it's like, oh, for sure. It sounded crazy at the time right
0: yeah yeah so um i i follow phil i i watch his youtube channel he's got some great content <laughs> he's, funny. He's, he's funny he's I hilarious like, yeah like, very yeah. self deprecating <laughs> yeah. he's definitely plotting another attempt um, yeah 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 what do you think like your coach yeah. what do you think is like the threshold of what somebody can actually do physically with this
1: <sighs> oh man i mean i don't know you know the sky's the limit i mean the like, I still feel like, um, you know, went from what, seven and a half hours to to boom, you know, uh, that Irishman, what was 704, and then boom, now we're under seven hours. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who knows? And and there's no, you know, if you get, if you find a really light, you know, there's no UCI rules here. So, like, what if you ride like a 10 pound bike? You know, I'm sure there's a bike out there that weighs 10 pounds. I'm sure you, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure or yeah, like you I could think, go to, uh, you know sean gardner i think his bike was 17 18 pounds so it's like um
0: that's what he said yeah candidate yeah. super six which is a great bike and a great climber but you could definitely yeah. nerd that out quite a bit all- you could go to yeah, three speeds
1: all- yeah you could
0: there's there's things you could do for sure
1: yeah and then you know just and i think i think uh everyone's been trying to find the ideal kind of road ideal conditions um you know i mean what happens if they you know repave one of those roads it's just you know perfect oh, i didn't paved. i didn't even think of that <laughs> that's yeah, a great point paved. there's that you know and just finding the you know it looks like 15 percent the last two world record holders are have been going up what 14 15 so like it looks like that's kind of the uh the sweet spot you know um if you want to try to break the record that's what it looks like um but yeah, you know, maybe there's a better climb out there where it's, you're, you're just more efficient and there's you, know, you have to break less on the downhills. And I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's exciting to see. I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think the record will continue to, to drop.
0: Well, and actually, now that I'm
1: looking at this list,
0: a shout out to Phil Stone Lake from uh, Australia. He did it in... Uh, oh, pardon me. From the UK, from Cromwell, England. He did, He's 45 years old. He he did it on a 17.2% grade for Holy only 106K. God. And he did it in seven hours and 44 minutes at 45 years old. So a, I don't actually know who Phil Stone Lake is, but he's badass. That's for sure. Because uh, that is a wall. Uh, yeah. 17.2.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it would also be cool someday to have a thing where you, you can't do the same road twice. Maybe a different, different
0: uh, Everesting oh if you go to try and break it again you have to no you gotta
1: or no no, no but just a different everything uh, type uh, challenge whereas you can't go up the same road twice or or you so you have to do a big loop just a m- mountainous loop and uh
0: oh and just just get the elevation within one ride
1: within one ride wouldn't that be cool
0: very cool but then then you're talking about oh f- yeah three to four hundred kilometer bike rides
1: possible for sure yeah, Possibly. yeah or you just whatever find a a mountainous profile like shark's teeth and just do circuits in there or, or did not circuits but just do a loop in there i don't know find the most mountainous area possible and just find a crazy loop yeah that's absolutely yeah. wild and part of the strategy
0: too is i mean how many how many loops do you need to do right i mean you, or there... no it
1: be one loop so this would be just really a one big loop i think that would be cool also right oh
0: but i mean like even for existing everesting challenges right oh, like you okay. could do you could do Haleakala on Maui three times, like three laps, and you'd be done, because uh, it's ten thousand feet. Wow! But it's hairpins, right? So, yeah, that wouldn't be good. I don't know. It's 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 a really really interesting challenge, but it's totally captured my imagination because it's it's crazy to see something that that pros and ex-pros are doing, and that that you can see within six months a record time tumbles by like forty. 45 minutes it's pretty bonkers so
1: yeah and it's been fun to follow and during you know such a weird time for all of us it's been um it's been nice to have this you know a nice just a positive challenge out there that's uh you know keeping people distracted from some of the chaos in our lives you know
0: yeah definitely and we've talked about it earlier um in the year, I think when we had Jim on the podcast and uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing and inspiring. So I don't know. I mean, is there, is there a, is there a six and a half hour, somebody out there who's going to do it in that? If you told me that,
1: I'd say probably that's it. Yeah.
0: If, if you told me that six months ago, I would have said no way. And now I think probably yeah to see it be coming down at this, at this rate. Um, and there are yeah. world tour pros that, that might turn their attention to this over the winter maybe if they're in the right location it's pretty interesting to think about Yeah,
1: yeah. but i'm at, you know it's it's fun to fall in like a whole new you know a whole new kind of bike race and yeah i think that's exciting you
0: know it's very cool yeah very very cool so we have, have uh...
1: so i have you on record saying you want to do it sometime <laughs> Did you record me saying that yeah so i'm yeah. gonna uh, hold you to it and you know if it's possible
0: i'll come support you It is true. I need to find, uh, find a route, but I would like to take a crack at that at some point with no design on time whatsoever, you know, park my car at the bottom of a hill, full of water, full of food, full of sugar, and, uh, just make a day of it. (laughs) So, but, uh, I think it would be a really cool, uh, cool notch in the belt to say that you did i think it's a pretty cool challenge so oh, okay. just like just like all of our other cycling things there's the century there's a the double century there's all this stuff and then there's Everest thing, and it's kind of out there so very interesting so this is a prelude to a conversation that we have uh, recorded with sean gardner he was uh, nice enough to spend a little bit of time with us and just tell us how that uh, that record played out and how it went down and what's happened to him since so we can uh, take you all on to that. And we just yeah. wanted to give you a little bit of a lead into that and explain what this, what this craziness is all about. So we can just start. So welcome, Sean Gardner, to uh, the podcast. And thanks a lot for taking some time to chat with us. When we, when we heard that number, we were like, that's crazy. We should reach out to this guy
2: <laughs> to,
0: wants to chat with us. So um, I guess to begin with, give us a little bit of your background in cycling. Like, How did you get into the sport before we talk about uh, your Everest record?
2: Yeah, so I guess uh, you know, kind of gotten into endurance sports in high school when uh, I was just really running, and uh, yeah, I wasn't quite fast enough for college. I went to college at Virginia Tech, um, kind of transitioned into triathlons, kind of kind of saw those on TV and thought they'd be cool, um, and yeah, and that kind of naturally led to more dedicated biking. Uh, Virginia Tech had a pretty good collegiate scene there, so. Started out on the collegiate team, uh, super fun racing, and that I guess that kind of uh, fed the passion for cycling. And then, yeah, since college, I've uh, kind of been with the bike life since. Um,
1: so, yeah, what, where's uh, Virginia Tech? Is that uh, Blacksburg?
2: Yeah, correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible riding around there. Uh, way back when we finished the race called the Tour de Pont there one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: mountain lake i believe
1: oh yeah oh yeah 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 really i I remember being a really incredibly hard stage yeah
2: yeah, those are those are the roads that i uh guess kind of fell in love with blue ridge mountains there some super cool climbing
1: yep yep and relentless too right for real yeah okay no flat roads (laughs) yeah 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 um so that kind of so you got the cycling bug there kind of at uh there in blacksburg Yep. More or less. Awesome. Awesome. And uh how and you studied engineering, you said?
2: Yeah, mechanical engineering.
1: Fantastic. Nice. Very cool. uh, Yeah. And uh and I I read that you you're now a level three coach.
2: Correct, yes.
1: That's great. Can you explain to some of the listeners what that means?
2: Um yeah, so I guess USAC has different uh grades of coaching and uh various things you have to do to get towards them but uh yeah I think um you know I've been a coach for a few years at uh more more just like a kind of a side job to supplement cycling and I think uh you know as a cyclist I've always kind of been more interested in the training aspect of it and kind of internally motivated more than uh race results just kind of uh constantly improving my my body and my engine. So um, yeah, I think I've I tr- kind of translated that into my coaching and uh, have quite a bit of experience that I uh, relay on to clients. Nice. That's so fantastic.
0: When, when did you first hear about Everesting and what it was? And at what point in that, in, in discovering it, did you think I should take a crack at that?
2: <laughs> well, I guess it's really gained popularity this summer with the whole coronavirus. So, sure, totally. I think I probably heard about it earlier on the year when uh you know like Contador and Lachlan Martin were going for it. Uh it didn't necessarily cross my mind as it seems like a fun thing to do, but uh yeah, a few a few of my teammates did it uh, later this summer and Kind of got the inspiration from them. They said it was a cool experience. Definitely hard, but, uh you know, I think it was something that I could take on and, you know, kind of worked out some numbers and thought it'd be doable. So, yeah, I think kind of drew inspiration from my teammates.
0: Did you know what hill you wanted to do it on right away, or did you do a lot of recon for that?
2: Uh, well, I guess so. I've done two attempts. Uh The first one, I just... You know, it was a pretty common training road that I've done. It was the steepest road that I could think of, to be honest. So it was out near uh, Wintergreen, Virginia, um, kind of Blue Ridge Parkway, that kind of area. Um, so it ended up being like 12.5%. Um, I thought that was pretty dang steep. It was one of the steepest roads I've ever done. Um, but, yeah, after after that, I kind of got quite a bit of uh, suggestions from multiple people and uh jeremy bishop actually recommended this climb that i did the second time on um ended up being 15 and a half percent kind of this back road up to a dead end neighborhood um it was called tanner's ridge kind of near loray caverns virginia crazy
0: and you did uh did i have i got this right 51 laps correct yep <laughs>
1: And, uh, yeah, so tell, <clears throat> tell us about your day. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, the amount of sugar you ate that day was pretty insane.
2: Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> well, bringing back to the 51 laps, that's, you, you know, it's obviously a, a pretty big mental demand to do 51 laps of anything. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a, a big factor in it. But, uh, yeah, um, it was it was probably about a two-hour drive away from me. So, was kind of the max uh distance that i wanted to go for this challenge so it was it was definitely an all-day affair but yeah coming to the second world record attempt that i did um yeah i kind of drew a few lessons from my first go at it and yeah one was definitely a nutrition plan the first time i kind of uh Definitely did not prepare just brought out some water and uh, really just like real food So like peanut butter jellies pop-tarts gummy bears that kind of stuff. Um, so the second time around I uh, Scratch Labs makes this new drink mix uh, super high calories 400 calories a bottle so I ended up using six of those Mm -hmm. throughout the course of it and uh, kind of you know started out more real food uh, transition to gels towards the end. But yeah, I worked out, I was, uh, I think it was like 900, uh, grams of sugar throughout the course of the day, which, uh, I guess I ended up burning most of it, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But definitely yeah. towards the end, uh, of, I guess any big effort, your, your stomach kind of gets wrecked. So yeah, towards the end, uh, real food was pretty much impossible. And definitely did not want any sweet food for the for the few days after the attempt yeah I bet, I bet I and bet. you
1: uh you and you had a pretty cool uh support staff out there I heard
2: yeah well um I couldn't really convince anyone to bring to uh stand on top of a mountain for seven hours so I feel like my parents felt obligated they had oh. to come out and support me so yeah they came out and uh manned the feed zone nice that's, uh, that's
1: awesome that makes it special for sure yeah
0: So the, the, the previous record holder, um, uh, it's, I believe Ronan McLaughlin, correct. That's whose record you broke. So I heard him on a podcast breaking down how he did it. And I mean, like he really nerded out on, on the marginal gain side of things, right? Like calculating how he's going to make that turn and cutting down his handlebars and got really, really deep into it. How, how far down that rabbit hole did you go?
2: Uh, yeah, so we definitely took, uh, extremely different approaches. I did, uh, the only marginal gain I made was, uh, I took off my rear bottle cage. So besides that, <laughs> everyone was, uh, stock on the bike, you know, it was a full, uh, UCI legal setup. Um, I think it was about like a 17 or 18 pound bike, the Cannondale Super 6 Evo. Uh Nice same one that you can just buy on the store. It's our team-issued one. Um, So, yeah, I guess I kind of uh, just uh, forced my way to the record. Um, Brute-forced it, I guess.
0: Do do you think you got just the right hill? Do you think you can improve the hill much? Or if you went down the marginal gains rabbit hole next time, do you think you could do it faster?
2: Um, Well, I think the gradient of the hill is going to be kind of the... The maximum like sweet spot. I think anything steeper and you'll start kind of uh, losing the mechanical advantage of the bicycle. Um, and then anything shallower, I think you just can't really gain as as much elevation as you need as quickly. Um, but I think this hill, you obviously you want a pretty straight hill so you don't have to brake on the turn. Um, I think this hill there was a little little turn at the bottom that I had to brake for, but uh, yeah, I think that would probably be an improvement if I had to make one. Just get rid of that turn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so how did it feel to break the seven-hour mark by 22 uh, seconds? That's awesome. That's insane. Yeah, it's it pretty
2: insane. cool. I, I yeah. uh, didn't, didn't find out until uh, after, afterwards when I uploaded to Strava and okay. the website that we upload to because, uh, sure. you know, there's a, there's a small margin of error that mm-hmm. – uh, you know, our GPSs are only accurate to a few feet and times that by 51 laps, you know, it kind of adds up. Right. So I had a kind of a, a ballpark of where my finish line was. So I didn't know, actually know that I broke the seven hour record until afterwards. So yeah, I was pretty excited. That's awesome. And, and how beat up were you? Um, actually not so much this time. I, I definitely paced it pretty well this time. And yeah. I I ended up Maintaining pretty much the exact same power until the last few laps when I kind of started cracking. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this was definitely a, an easier mental toll than last time where I kind of just bonked halfway through.
1: Okay. okay. How
2: consistent were your lap speeds? Oh, um, uh, man. I think – so there was an article that came out. I think my power was within, uh, like, 10 watts. Like, it was from wow. – 299 to like 318, I think were, was my power or so. So I think lap times were within ten or fifteen seconds of each other. Wow. That's remarkably
1: consistent. Uh, and what's it been like since? What's it been what's your life been like since you broke the record?
2: Uh well, there was a lot of eating and sleeping involved <laughs> immediately after. But uh Good. yeah, there's Good. definitely been some some Cool media presence, and it's cool to see uh, lots of people reaching out and uh, seeing yeah. people inspired to to go for the record. That's great. Oh, you
0: deserve all the attention. That's
2: that's <laughs> crazy. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what advice would you give to a more recreational athlete who wants to Everest but isn't going for an everesting record? What what could you draw out of that for like people that you coach and stuff?
2: Um, well, I think. Uh, if you're, I guess, location-wise, you want to choose a climb that, um, you know, is the steepest gradient that you can get up comfortably. So, you know, let's take the one example. If it's a 1% climb, that's going to take you, like, you know, five days to complete. But obviously okay. a 15% climb is not doable for a lot of people. So you want to find that yeah. sweet spot of where you think you can uh, get the most elevation gain for the least distance. Um. Preparation-wise, I think, uh, you know, obviously the more fit you are, the, the easier and more enjoyable it's going to be. Um, you know, definitely, definitely bring a lot of food and water out there with you. And uh, I think a few friends could probably provide some, some cool support. And you definitely need some, some support when you're out there. So definitely bring some friends along.
1: Yeah. Nice. 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 Uh so what's next uh for Sean the gardener Uh well I don't I, I feel like there's just what little... these days
2: twenty twenty one or twenty twenty kind of threw a wrench in the plans. I feel, I feel like twenty twenty one might be pretty similar to that. I can't really plan too far ahead, so uh yeah, I don't really know. Maybe just kinda of go with the flow, see how yeah. things turn out.
1: Yeah. And uh and you're like a your domestic pro, is that correct?
2: Correct, yep.
1: Awesome. And what's the team that you ride for?
2: Uh, my team is called CS
1: Velo. Fantastic. And are they in the Virginia area?
2: Uh, they're actually based out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, but okay. kind of riders
1: are central east coast. Nice, nice. And so most of your races this year have been canceled, I assume.
2: Uh, yeah, we got one race in in February, like okay. a few days before it shut down, and then yeah, there's pretty much been no racing. Couple's okay. with races, those don't sure. necessarily count. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So have you? I mean, I assume this sting record that kept you motivated. What else has kind of kept you motivated? Just. Uh. You're... Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I guess I've always, uh, you know, even in previous years, um, I've always been less motivated by race results and more kind of internally motivated and just kind of you know the process of training i've kind of been you know that's what i enjoy in the sport just uh the daily grind i guess so yeah i mean to be honest i haven't really lost much motivation this year i've kind of uh you know my my typical training that i love to do are the big you know long endurance days and tempo days in the mountains so that's kind of been what i've been doing to prepare for Everest and yeah i guess it worked out
0: so if That's somebody awesome. comes along and uh takes down your record would you do it again
2: try and get it back well i'm definitely not going to do it before someone else takes it down i can say that <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah I, f- I feel like you know i'm definitely into the type two fun kind of stuff sure. so yeah i think i could i i probably will go for it again eventually maybe uh start working on uh, taking some parts off the bike, reduce that weight, but yeah, I think I could definitely see it's in my future.
1: That's great. Uh, do you have dreams to head over to Europe and race over there?
2: Yeah, and I think I'd like have to. A lot of,
1: yeah, you have a lot of talent, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I definitely think uh, the the European racing suits me a little better than over in America. I think, you know, Redlands and Tour of the Heel are really the only races here that Uh, necessarily suit me. So, yeah, I've I've gotten a little taste of like some Belgian masses but uh, yeah, I guess I've never really experienced the real European racing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed for sure.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. I mean, if you're do if you're do if you like to, you like to climb on fifteen percent grades, then Europe's (laughs) Europe's where you should be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think the Giro would be a good race for you. For sure. Uh, have you been watching this condensed uh, cycling season over in Europe?
2: For sure. I think it makes for quite a bit more interesting racing. Everyone's ready to go.
1: Got right. Totally. Pete and I were just talking about it earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been fun to watch, and it's every every race is uh, really interesting.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fun to have such a condensed season, and. Everybody needs a result, and they don't have the rest of the year to try and get one. You can't think about getting it later. You need to try and get something now. So there's a lot of fireworks for sure. It's been pretty fun to watch.
2: I feel for the guys that are doing the the back to back Grand Tours, though. Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. We were just talking about that earlier. Yeah, it's like the tour just finished. Now the Giro's happening, and then I think I believe the Vuelta overlaps the Giro. Is that right?
0: It does. Yeah. They so, yeah. overlap at the end. And yeah. um, I think by like four or five days or something like that. Mm. So
1: wild. It's, wild. it's
0: pretty crazy. And the Baltic peak snow, I mean, it runs into November. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see, right?
1: Interesting. Yeah. So, Sean, how can people uh, follow? I mean, I, I, I saw your Instagram there. I love that. Sean the Gardener. That's great. Yeah. People can follow along <laughs> that way. Do you have um? and what about your, you say so you have a coaching business or you do work by yourself or you... uh
2: yeah kind of just by myself nice, slide nice. in my dms what's that slide into the dms okay yeah awesome nice. <laughs> awesome and uh do you have any sponsors you want to give a shout out to yeah um yeah really just cs vella i think that's kind of uh the main great. sponsors that i work with great
1: great and shout Very out to your parents cool. for sure. Yeah, for support.
2: those. Yeah. The gardener parents.
1: Yeah, heck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: That is super cool.
1: Well, we'll be uh, we'll be supporting you along the way. It's been um, yeah, just what an incredible ride you had. And to, you know, Pete and I have been kind of following this Everesting thing for the last I don't know six months, and it's been really cool to see it just evolve and just the times keep going lower and lower and lower. But you know. I didn't think the seven-hour mark was going to be broken for a long time, and boom, you did it. So, ha- yeah, hats off to you. And, thanks. Um, yeah, we're, we're fans of yours, So keep up the good, good work. Big keep, time,
0: yeah. yeah we're yeah, going to follow treating. along. It's pretty pretty neat. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Thanks um, for spending a little time with us, Sean. Sweet. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sean. Keep up the good work, all right? See ya. Take See ya. care, Bye. man.
2: Another
0: big thank you to Sean Gardner for joining us on the pod. Uh, it was awesome to have him. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll, we will be back again very soon with another episode. Uh, if you have done an Everest attempt or, or completed one or even a half Everest, we'd love to hear about it. So reach out to us on social media or shoot us an email to adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. And uh, any questions about the episode, reach us in any of those places. Thanks again. We'll be back really soon.